Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, glad you're with us. Happy Thursday. Did you watch the uh, forum last night? A lot of interesting stuff came out of this. Not that you're going to hear about it from the mainstream media because they missed the total point, which we hit on as soon as we got on the air last night. 800-941-SEAN. Now, Julian Assange is going to be on the program today. We have him booked for an hour. Coming up at the top of the next hour, the founder, the editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks. And, um, you know, I know a lot has been made since I had him on TV the other night. And um, and comments that I made back, you know, at the time, 2010, when it was being revealed, military secrets, I was scared to death that people were going to die as a result of this. He has had 10 plus years now of a track record of never being wrong that I can find. Not one. My opinion has shifted and changed somewhat on Julian Assange. And I know the left will say, well, Hannity, that's because you're hyper partisan and you want him to dump whatever he's telling you. He's going to dump the batches of stuff on Hillary because you think it's going to prevent her from getting elected. Listen, I'm all in favor of whatever he has to dump on Hillary because she's such a congenital and pathological and dishonest liar who's enriched herself from from every office she and her husband have ever held. It's frankly despicable to me. The whole thing is beyond unsightly and improper. Um, but that's not it. Here's what I have concluded now that the period of time, and part of it was the interview, and you saw this the other night, Linda. I, I, my biggest concern, I've always been a privacy person. 
I've always believed that we have a right to privacy in the sense that, you know, I mean, you got people hacking in here, hacking in there, hacking in everywhere, and it becomes big news, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, you know what? We have a right to privacy. And I don't find many of the things out there secure. Um, so that's problematic to me. And he said to me, he goes, no, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm interested in government lying. I'm interested in corruption. I'm interested in duplicity and hypocrisy and dishonesty. Here are two things now, in retrospect, we can say about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. And by the way, for those of you saying this is only hyper-partisanship on Hannity's part, you can claim all you want, but I don't think there's anybody that has been more critical of Republicans in the last number of years than me. And what have I been critical of? I've been critical, let's see, I call them weak, timid, feckless, spineless, visionless, I don't think I can get any more critical than that. I mean, that's pretty critical. And I talk very specifically about things that bother me. Republicans show voting for issues like Obamacare, repealing and replacing it. Yeah, they they voted 50 times to repeal and replace it. Yeah, but not one of those times had any teeth in it. The only person that showed any willingness to use their enumerated constitutional power on the issue was Ted Cruz. Well, and that's not fair either, because Rand Paul stood with him, and so did Marco Rubio stood with him, and Mike Lee stood with him. So to be fair, those guys, you know, and look, maybe they were there a short period of time. I think Mike Lee was there the entire time, the 23 hours that Ted Cruz was on the floor, Senate floor filibuster, whatever. I mean, he did it. So I think Republicans have earned the 65% betrayal rating, as I call it, in every exit poll. Because Republicans in the primaries, they spoke loud and clear. They feel betrayed by the Republican Party. John Boehner accumulated nearly $5 trillion in debt. He didn't want to be blamed for a government shutdown. Okay, that's fair, too. And why would why would a Republican, how do we say that that's conservative in any way, that this is an alternative party, if John Boehner, who has the power of the purse, is signing off on $5 trillion in new debt? Sorry, I do hold him accountable for that, and I hold Republicans accountable for that. That's not conservative. I keep saying to anybody that will listen, why is this an insurgency year? And Well, it's an insurgency year for a very simple and basic reason. Republicans created Trump. They created the, the, the power of the insurgency of Cruz and Trump because of their inaction. 2014 was the election that was supposed to end in every way, shape, matter, and form. You know, executive amnesty, unconstitutional, illegal executive amnesty. Just elect us and give us the House and the Senate. And that's it. By the way, Stephen A. Smith is obsessed with this program. Trump is done. No candidate in history has listened less, won't even listen to his children, should listen to you. Can't help himself. That's what Stephen A. has a comment every day. Now, Stephen A., who is the biggest, I wonder what he thinks that poor Tim Tebow signing with the Mets today. He must be losing his, he must be absolutely apoplectic. We're on a stroke alert for Stephen A. Smith, our buddy. I love Stephen A. You know, why, we got to call Trog Keller over at ESPN. Why are they such a pain in the ass over there when it comes to letting Stephen A. on my radio and TV show? He's a friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine forever. He's really smart on politics. He doesn't give me the same credit for my sports knowledge. You know what would be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if, if Tebow can really make it in MLB 
and play for the Mets and like be a great hitter and a great outfielder, that would be so, that will drive Stephen A. That's years of him talking because I've never met anybody that was more anti Tim Tebow than Stephen A. He can't throw the ball. He shouldn't be okay. I, I watched him the the time that he played for the Broncos and he was playing a very important playoff game and he killed it. I thought he did great. Anyway, I think Tim Tebow, unfortunately, was because he's such an outspoken Christian. I think he paid a price for his Christianity. I bet you that's Stephen A., isn't it? That's Stephen A. calling you, isn't it? All right. Tell him we'll put him on another day. Anyway, um, so let me get back to my point. So all of this with Assange, here's what I like about the guy. And I think this is really, really important. Very important, as a matter of fact. And he has exposed a vulnerability for national security that in many ways I think you can argue he did us a favor. You know, one of the fascinating things you'll learn about, he was 16 years old, Julian Assange, when he first hacked into, I think, the Pentagon and, and NASA for crying out loud. How do you do that at 16 years old? you got to give the guy credit for being pretty damn smart. 16. So the other thing that I think that he has been able to do, look at, for example, the DNC and, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz out on her backside and four other people. Why? Because the Democrats that every election year call Republicans racist and homophobic and sexist and all of those, you know, predictable themes. I mean, Bill Clinton was out there saying, we white Southerners, we know what make America great again. Really, I'm mean. actually old enough to remember the good old days, and they were good in many ways. <laughs> that message, where I'll give you America great again, is if you're a white Southerner, you know exactly what it means, don't you? <laughs> what it means is, I give you the economy you had 50 years ago, and I'll move you back up on the social totem pole and other people down. All right, now just stop for a second. This is a guy whose mentor, he proudly says is his mentor, was J. William Fulbright, a segregationist. This is a guy's governor ensured the prominent display of the Arkansas Confederate flag. This is a woman who's running for president that praised as her mentor a former Klansman, Robert K.K.K. Byrd. Now, that's not stopping any of them. Anyway, so I think the fact that Assange and WikiLeaks exposes this vulnerability, well, that's an opportunity for America to say we better get our act together. Because if Assange didn't expose it, that probably means that the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians and all of our enemies around the world, maybe even radical Islamic terror groups, they too... I'll get them in a second. That means they probably have access to what it is that WikiLeaks hacked into. And the next most important thing that I think he did as a favor for us, and that is he's exposed. Let's see the DNC in those emails. Let's see. There was racism, sexism, misogyny. There were gay and lesbian slurs in there. By the way, shouldn't surprise anybody. I point out all the time Hillary taking money from countries like Saudi Arabia Of course, they treat women horribly. They kill gays and lesbians and they persecute Christians and Jews. But she took their money and they bought her silence. Stephen A. Smith is with us. You must be going apoplectic. You're you're on a stroke watch today, aren't you, over Tim Tebow? 
Oh my lord, I can't believe no, it. No, no, no. You're on a stroke you're on a stroke watch today. I am so proud of my Mets. They brought back Tim oh Tebow. They brought Tim oh my, Tebow's oh in the house in New York. The house it's that disgusting. It's next to the house the Ruth built. You know you know what, Sean? It what? really you know what I you know what I went on you what, know what, what I said what? on my radio show today? What'd you say? You, know what I said on my you said Hannity said, is gonna want, get I, on my case I, today. I said I said I don't want to sit here and talk about Tim I said, Tebow. Forget all this, uh, I said forget all this racism <laughs> stuff. It's classism. It's classism. How in God's name did Tim Tebow, who hasn't played baseball since high school, no. have forty six individuals from major league baseball teams from twenty eight different teams? How do you know? How, hey, listen, listen. First of all, he's a phenomenal athlete that you've never given him oh, credit stop for. It. Stop. Oh, no, stop not, it. no. Well, he's a better athlete than you, for God's sakes. Let's start there. That's true. Okay, that that's true. Right. All right. So he's that an extraordinary right. athlete. Now, secondly, you know this too. He has worked his ass off. Let's be honest here to become an even better athlete. He tried hard to get back into the NFL. And you know what? Oh, so you ought to pray. So you ought, you, listen, I would watch you on that, that show with that guy you beat up every day. What's the name of the punching bag that you co-host that show with? It's ridiculous. What's that name, Skip, the guy that you pound on every day? I watch you. It's sort of like Alan Combs and me back in the day. He has not, but he has not played baseball since how about you give the guy a shot? Isn't this America? You believe in the American hold dream? On, hold on, hold on, hold on. The American hold on, dream that Barack hold. Obama ruined I for everybody? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just stop it right there. Let me tell you something. I, I know a whole bunch it's of my show. Why should I stop it? The city, a whole bunch of dudes in the park around the city yeah. that would love the opportunity for 28 different teams to come watch them. How about them, Sean? How about, How about this? How about this? Hard. Tim Tebow is a better athlete. Tim Tebow has been working on his game. And Tim Tebow has proven through apparently some of these scouts that he can hit the ball pretty damn well oh, and that he's got a shot. Have you watched he him hit like a baseball? Was... Have you watched yeah. him hit a baseball? Of course I watched it. And what did you think? I wasn't that impressed. Uh, I really, really wasn't. I, I don't even I think you can hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. You can't even hit a... 80 mile an hour curveball. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Who no. said that he did? He didn't. I ain't trying out for my Because I actually talked to somebody that saw him that said he could actually oh, hit. Stop it. Now, listen, stop I don't know it. if he's going to make it with the Mets. I don't he's know. Not but, make it. but here's the he's point. Here's the point. I love the guy. He is passionate. He put in the time, the effort, the resources to build up his game, and he's getting a shot, and you're whining about him chasing his dream. You know what? You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Stephen A. Smith. You ought to be Sean, championing the American dream because you are the embodiment of the American you, you, dream. You, you live the American dream. For somebody like you to be as successful as you are today, it's a, it's a dream. Let me tell you something. What? I happen to believe that Tim Tebow is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Wow. He's a great person. Wow. He's a great person. Did you person. smoke pot this morning because you're really mellow? A, what are you doing? What are you? No, no. What, what, that's not the Stephen A. that I watched nice for years guy. trash the guy on ESPN. Hold it. Hold it. As usual, you try to change the narrative. I said Tim Tebow can't throw. I never said he wasn't a good guy. I said he can't throw, and he still can't throw. I was right then. No, you were wrong. I think it was treated unfairly. Listen, i got to tell you something. I would have, if I was an NFL owner, I would have put him on my team, squad, work with him a little more. He had his own expense, and you got to give him credit for this. He hired his own quarterback coach. He He spent hours every day trying to perfect his craft. I know that he had an unconventional throwing style. He worked on it. you got to admit, look, this guy won the Heisman. Did did he win the Heisman? Yes or no? May I answer? Did he win the Heisman? Yes, he did. Okay, how many people win the Heisman every year, Stephen A.? Not many. How many? One every year. One every year. So it's a great honor. That means he's a talented athlete, isn't he? Sean Hannity, 
Sean Hannity, may I chime in here and say this to you? Because you should be ashamed of yourself. No. What you just Why do you said. steal my lines? You got to think of your own lines. You're a talk show host. You can think on your feet. Come on. It's my line. We're just step up. Step up. Here's the deal, Sean. I am, I am seven. I just finished doing my radio show. You just starting. Wait a second. Here's the deal. Tim Tebow. By the way, did you get permission from Trod Keller to come on the show? Because you're going to get the no, crap beat not. out of you. You're no, going to get not. you're no, going to get not. the crap beat out of you. And I love Trog. He's my no, best buddy. No, 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 no. My boss only has a problem with me talking politics during an election. What year. do you That's think about it. Obama? Nothing else. I have no comment, Sean. Obama's not no running comment. this year, so it's not. We're, not, we're only talking about Obama. Well, well, listen. Well, well, listen. And listen, let me tell you. Why don't you just repeat I'm after me? Because you. I was right and you were wrong about Obama. Obama's a failure. Obama's a say it. Repeat after me. Obama is a failure. I will will say no such thing about our president. I will be more respectful than you are about our president. Do I like everything? No, I do not. Let me give you the the numbers, Stephen A. Ready? The lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. The lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Worst recovery since the 40s. Lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. 12 million more Americans on food stamps. 8 million more in poverty. Excuse me. He's accumulating more debt than every president before him combined. No, but she's going to follow up on the same idiotic, stupid, failed policies. Is he running running for president? He is not running. Okay, then we can talk about him. Admit it. Repeat after me. Obama was a failure. I will not. I will do no such thing about our president. That's gutless. No but you trashed my boy T- Tebow. You trashed my man Tebow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're trying to tell me that on a pro level, you think Tim Tebow's a winner? Yes. You're going over. You're going to. Hey, I remember. I remember a playoff game. I remember. I remember. By the way, why do you even like me? I don't understand. How are we friends? Because you're honest. And you're yeah. straight up about what you feel. Can I, I ask you one that. other thing? You don't have to agree with me. When Stephen A. was under fire uh, on his job for BS, who stu- first. who stu- you who you had your first. back? Who had your John back? Hannity. And who John would Hannity. have your back tomorrow? John Hannity. And who no loves question. you? No question. I know you love me. You're my brother in Christ. Aren't you? How can you help yourself? Aren't you a Christian? I'm a lovable guy. I'm a lovable guy. How could you love? How could you help yourself? You want a trophy for that? Most yeah. people love me. They just I, I, I got to rap, but you know what? I do love you. You're Take my you're my you're my Take buddy. Easy, brother. I love I, lo- <laughs> you- I love this guy. This is what it's like in real life. We do this in real life every time we talk. Unbelievable. What was the big moment that the media is not focused on last night? So Hillary Clinton, and by the way, I I found it amusing. Well, Donald Trump said to Howard Stern in an interview that well, I guess so. Do you favor the Iraq war? As his definitive statement on the war, that's just ridiculous. Not with all due respect. There was no details. He was not pushing for it. As a matter of fact, on this program, remember early on, Linda, we had Trump on, and he and I went at it over the need to go to Iraq. And the one thing I did agree with him on is taking the oil, which he said from the very get-go. That was not a, it was a no-brainer. So that's, not, that's just not accurate. That was not the big moment. Or Trump talking about the generals and saying that, yeah, unfortunately, good ones have left. I had Lieutenant General Mike Flynn on right after. And he confirmed what Trump was saying. As somebody that was a contrarian to the Obama agenda, he was pushed out. That's what rudderless means. that They don't have the ability to have any impact. And so what he's saying is, no, elect me. And he said repeatedly, if they have the better idea, I'm going to listen to them. That's not the big moment either. Hillary voted for the Iraq war. How do you 
How do these people feel when the person running says her vote to go to war was a mistake? That's the key Secretary moment. Secretary Clinton, let's talk about your vote in favor of the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You since said it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was not something you said you would do again. I asked before for people to raise their hand if you served in Iraq. Can you do it again? Mm-hmm. How do you think these people feel when the person running to be their commander-in-chief says her vote to go to war in Iraq was a mistake? Look, I think that the decision to go to war in Iraq was a mistake. And I have said that my voting to give President Bush that authority was, from my perspective, my mistake. I also believe that it is imperative that we learn from the mistakes, like after action reports are supposed to do. And so we must learn what led us down that path so that it never happens again. I think I'm in the best possible position to be able to understand I'd that. Stop there for a second. It. Now, my well, I think the decision to go to war in Iraq was a mistake. I, I, I've said me giving authorization was a mistake. All right. Now, you just stop and freeze frame that. Put yourself in the mindset of a soldier that has no legs today because of her, quote, mistake or no arms because of her mistake or is disfigured because of her mistake. Put your put your mind in the, you know, try and project and and think as a, a mother or father who lost their son or daughter because oh, what I did is a mistake there. Oh, sorry. Oops. Five thousand dead Americans. I guess her answer is at this point. What difference does it make? And then cavalierly saying that it's imperative we learn from her mistake. Really? What? a You know, Bernie Sanders was right. She doesn't have the judgment to be president. Admitting 5000 Americans that fought, bled and died in Iraq and Baghdad, Mosul and Ramadi and Fallujah and Tikrit was oh, that was a mistake. Well, we got to we must. It's imperative. We learn from the mistake. Well, you're dead. How do you learn from her stupid mistake? That is the most callous, heinous thing I think she's ever said. And all the media could focus on last night was Donald Trump saying something that General Flynn confirmed to me is true. You can't tell Obama anything, and if you tried to, you're out. Then she talked about Libya. Well, nobody died in Libya. Here's what she said. Again. There is no difference between my opponent and myself. He's on record extensively supporting intervention in Libya when Gaddafi was threatening to massacre his population. I put together a coalition that included NATO, included the Arab League, and we were able to save lives. We did not lose a single American in that action. And I think taking that action was the right decision not just stop. Let, let's go over the mis- not a single American. We, there are four dead Americans. But at this point, what difference does it make? And how, you know, go back to Iraq for a second. Her mistake, 5,000 dead people, so many more dead, fought, bleeding, dying, giving their limbs. She made a mistake, but it's imperative we learn from her mistake. And then the, the added, she added to the mistake once there, and they won those cities that I just mentioned. Well, then why didn't we keep what we had won? No, she left 
precipitously, gave a exit date with Obama, and as a result, it created a vacuum for ISIS with the added bonus of the oil to fund their reign of terror, according to our mistake. Um, and then in Libya, well, there, nobody died. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it I because understand. of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? It is our job to right. figure I'll out I'll tell you what, what the difference is at this point is that if you're the mother or father of one of those four dead Americans, and then you discover, as we did, that there were 600 individual separate requests for additional security as the Brits and as the Red Cross were pulling out, didn't they die in Libya? You know, and if they're pulling out, why didn't you pull out or at least give them the security they are asking for? 600 separate requests. And what was she doing during an attack that they were actually watching in real time? She's, she's the highest ranking person in the situation room worried about whether or not we need the Libyan president's permission and whether or not the brave men and women that are on standby that were never sent to go save Americans under fire that they're watching in real time, you know, whether or not they can be in uniform or not, because she had them change their clothes four separate times. And then, of course, the lie afterwards, we know it's a lie because she told her own daughter, the Libyan president, the Egyptian prime minister, uh, that it was a terrorist attack by Al-Nusra. She said it herself. And then she told you, the American people, something entirely different. And then, of course, she explained the Iranian deal. You know, really? Given the Iranians the number one state sponsor of terror, $150 billion is a good thing? Really? So that they can spin their centrifuges? No inspections any place, any time? 25 days notice of coming and pending inspections, but not by Americans. And then you can add to that, they get to build missile defense with Putin and Russia. All right, so Trump says he can get along with Putin. Well, you just made it so the Iranians can defend themselves against the Israelis if they need it for their national security. And they can build up their conventional arms. That, too, came out. And then you talked about the VA, which you had said is, oh, we're really making progress. No, you're not. People are still dying. And Trump says, under my plan, they get to walk into any doctor's office, any hospital, if they can't get cared for, cared for immediately. I'll take that plan if I'm a vet versus the, the dying bureaucracy plan that, that incentivizes this, this perverse system of having multiple lists when, actually, when, when the actual time that servicemen and women ask for help versus the real time that they put down they ask for help. Some people died waiting, literally had heart attacks while waiting, committed suicide while waiting. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's only part of what happened last night. Yeah, Bill Clinton is out there. He's now playing the race card. Well, white Southerners, they know what make America great really means. J. William Fulbright, his mentor, former Klansman, Robert Byrd, her mentor. You know, oh, and then we got Hillary Clinton. I'm sorry, Chelsea Clinton actually claiming that, get this, this is almost laughable, that Donald Trump is sexist and misogynist. I guess now that opens up the door to Paula Jones telling her story again and Kathleen Willey, who tells, well, Paula Jones was exposed to by her dad. Kathleen Willey says she was groped, grabbed, fondled, touched against her will and thrown up against the wall and kissed. And Juanita Broderick was raped. Oh, but Trump's the misogynist, really? 
You want to go there, Chelsea? You want to talk about that? You're going to make those claims? I thought you were friends with Ivanka. I guess that's how far, that's how deep that friendship goes. And that was it last night. I think it was a horrible night for Hillary. I say Trump came out the better of this on every side. You know, and the whole issue, Matt Lauer is under fire. Why? Because Matt Lauer said about this whole issue of judgment. Why is it not disqualified? What was the name of the mother that we had on, Linda? Open your mic on last week. Her son is going to prison for one year His or two. His name is Christian Saucier. All right. What and, and what, what did Her he... name is Kathleen. And right now they're they're hoping to get one, but it could be two. It could be two years in prison for one offense. For taking a picture on a submarine, which is considered an one offense. One offense. He's going to he's going to prison and we're going to interview him maybe tomorrow or next week before he goes to jail. I, we're, we're working on those details. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. But don't worry. We just got to learn from my mistake in Iraq. That didn't the Iranian deal. Libya before, during and after. Donald Trump said, well, I know a lot about ISIS. This is what I study. Well, I think what he's saying is, is that. You got to mention radical Islam first. That didn't even come up last night. Poor Matt Lauer pressed and said, is it disqualifying? Now the media is beating up on poor Matt Lauer. I mean, he's about as innocuous as it gets. You know, he should have asked Trump this. He should have done that. You know, one of the other big lies that came out of last night, we knew we now have a new classification. I never sent or received any classified information. I never sent or received anything marked classified. I never sent or received anything that had a header on it for classified. Well, the problem with that story is if you go back to January of this year, remember the whole email thread that she had with this guy, Jake Sullivan? I told you at the time, you know, that he wanted to send secure information through insecure means. And, you know, he couldn't do it, he said. And Hillary writes back and says, well, it's all right. You know, just uh, we, we have issues sending it with a fax machine, he said. He said they're working on it. And Clinton responds, well, if they can't, just turn it into non-paper, meaning email, no identifying header, and send non-secure. She's telling him to send classified information. But then again, it's, you know, it, there's a C next to it, and she thought the C was alphabetical, but there's no A and there's no B and there's no D. There's just a C. We'll ask Julian Assange about this later. Because... She saw thousands of documents. She knows exactly what the C meant. And for her to go out there and state now, Andrew McCarthy had a great article about this today. Yeah, even at, no, he put it on his website. I don't think it was on NRO. And, you know, he even says it's been so thoroughly discredited, everything she's saying. And, you know, the idea that classified information doesn't always come with a header. And she knows that. And she's always known that. Classified material is a header, she says, that's top secret, confidential. None of the emails sent or received by me had such a header because she told them to remove it. Which we learned in January. Good grief. I just don't like being lied to again and again and again. But we're lied to all the time. By the way, Clinton campaign is now warning the press to back off Hillary's health questions. I'm not kidding you. In other words, this was in the hill. The campaign intends to sharply counterattack news organizations that take questions about her health seriously. Our great senator, a decent, decent human being, Hillary Rodman Clinton. 
No, it's actually not Rodman. That would <laughs> be Dennis Rodman. Wow. Oh, I actually talked to Dennis I... Rod- Rodman not that long ago. I said, what are you doing sucking up to that dictator in North Korea? He goes, no, man, it's, I like that. He starts arguing with me. Pretty funny. Uh, we have other news today. Hillary Clinton won't comment about what she told the FBI about her concussion. Really? Well, she used that as, as an excuse that she didn't remember security briefing meetings. What else did she forget? And then other news today. The question count shows that Matt Lauer pressed Trump twice as hard as Hillary. This is an interesting statistic. It was in the Washington Examiner. Republican nominee got 16 questions. She filibustered. She got eight. Oh, whoops. Guess Trump got the harder interview. Typical. Angry Democrats sending Matt Lauer, accusing him of being a Trump supporter. This is hilarious. There's no way that Matt Lauer is a Trump supporter. Here's the article I've met on Chelsea. This was, uh, where did I find this? Uh, it was in Politico. In our first public campaign event since the Democratic National Convention, Chelsea Clinton didn't hold back when asked about Donald Trump's attacks on her mother. And response, she said that that Hillary Clinton does not have a presidential look, he said. Chelsea said, well, I hope that everyone can see this as sad, misogynistic, sexist rhetoric that I'd hope we move beyond in the 21st century, certainly in 2016. Chelsea, you really want to go there? I don't think so. Trump is up by three points now in North Carolina today. We're following the latest poll numbers and all of this. Uh... Hillary was questioned about her husband's refusal to take bin Laden. Well, maybe I'll get into this later today if I have time, but we have Julian Assange when we get back. Uh, it was a mistake uh, to have a personal account. I would certainly not do it again. I make no excuses for it. Uh, it was something that should not have been done. But the real question is the handling of classified material, which is, I think, what the implication of your question was. And for all the viewers watching you tonight, I have a lot of experience dealing with classified material, starting when I was on the Senate Armed Services Committee, going into the four years as Secretary of State. Classified material has a header which says top secret, secret, confidential, nothing. And I, would, I will repeat this, and this is verified in the report by the Department of Justice, none of the emails sent or received by me had such a header. All right. We now all know that that was the latest incarnation of a lie that Hillary has been telling about classified information on her email server. You know, this is as Andy McCarthy put out today. No classified information does not always come with a header. And Hillary knows it. So she thoroughly has been discredited with the whole well, I never sent or received classified information. I never sent or received anything marked classified. And now she says it doesn't have a header. Well, this arose last night during this big debate, and it raises a lot of questions about Hillary's emails, what has been discovered, what is yet to be discovered. And joining us right now is uh, somebody that probably knows more about this than anybody else in the world, and that's Julian Assange. He is the founder and editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks is an Australian computer programmer. And uh, how are you, sir? Welcome to the uh, radio program. I'm good, thank you. I appreciate you being here. All right, let me first start with, well, let's go back to the beginning. Because for 10 consecutive years, you have never gotten anything wrong that I can find, and you stand proudly on that statement. Is that true? It is true. It's, a, it's an enormous reputation to try and keep up, uh, and that's why... 
By the way, I've gotten things wrong, and I have to apologize and correct. A lot of people in the media don't like to do that, Julian. Well, unfortunately, we've been quite successful in never having got it wrong. So that's why we have to spend time uh, vetting our material before we publish it to keep that perfect reputation. Now, I've got to be perfectly frank and blunt with you at one point when the whole WikiLeaks story and what it was was being revealed, I was, as an American citizen, I got to be honest, very nervous, and I was very critical of you, and even at one point thought that you were waging war against the United States. And I, that's how I felt at the time. And I also worried, Julian, that, all right, where does this hacking end as a big believer in privacy? I'm thinking, all right, there's no end to this. This is going to go after every American citizen, every single person, every text, every email. And, you know, as somebody that believes in the right to privacy, for, especially for individuals, I was concerned. What I didn't factor in at the time, and I will admit my mistake, is that I think you have done the United States of America and the world a great service. And let me tell you why. I think, number one, you showed a vulnerability that, as a country, we needed to know about. You told me the other night it was simple for you to break in and get American records. Is that true? Well, not for me. In, in, in general, our computer security is incredibly weak. Right. So for all, for all sorts of you know, organized crime, other states, teenagers in their bedroom, sure. So I think on that level, I think making the United States of America aware of that vulnerability is a really good thing. Because now, hopefully, they can hire the right people and fix it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but if we, if we go back a bit, there was a lot of false statements. You know, we published most, most famously, we've published a lot of things from a lot of countries over the last uh, decade that have put guilty people in prison, uh, released innocent people from prison, uh, led to international settlements, including against the largest ever international settlement against Russia in the UCOS case. Uh, so, yeah, we, we publish seri uh, serious things. But under the Obama administration, when we published Hillary Clinton's cables, uh, her reaction, because it was very embarrassing that she didn't protect them, uh, was to try and kill the messenger. And as part of that, they launched a PR campaign to try and suggest that our publications had caused people to come to harm, U.S. soldiers and others. That's false. In fact, the Pentagon had to admit under oath in 2013 that they could not find a single person who had been physically harmed by our publications. So, but that false messaging you know, was assumed, because it came from the government, to be true at the time, and, of course, a lot of people were understandably angry in the United States. But that was false, and they had to admit under oath that it was false. You see, this is where I think that my thinking, and, and over time, number one, you made America aware of a great vulnerability, and that is that if we don't have cybersecurity, America doesn't have secrets. And I think that any country in, the, in a day and age of ISIS and radical Islamists and those that would bring harm to innocent men, women, and children anywhere around the globe. I think that's enormously important, especially from a national security standpoint. And I think the other thing that has had a pr pretty profound impact on me, and you mentioned a number of examples mm. where WikiLeaks has 
literally led to truth, I think you exposed a level, a deep level of lying, of uh, of a corrupt government, deeper than even me as a staunch critic of government was kind of shocked by. Does that make sense? So in that sense, I think you have done the American public a service. And Well, that's, that's at the purpose of our organization is to try and bring the truth to the public, which is otherwise suppressed, either because of media bias, and we've seen a lot of that in this election, where actually a lot of the um, Democrat-aligned media like MSNBC, uh, Politico, uh, Washington Post, we exposed as acting against journalistic ethics and taking marching orders uh, from the DNC, checking, in the case of Politico, uh, their copy with the DNC before even uh, their own editors uh, managed to see it. So, uh, unfortunately, there has to be uh, a place where whistleblowers, uh, consultants, and yes, even... uh, Computer hackers who care about the truth have a place uh, to publish it, which is verified where people can trust what's published because we put our entire reputation on the line to make sure it is trusted. The thing that I asked you the other night that also had a a pretty profound impact on me is I asked you, okay, you, you obviously have the ability to hack into government records around the world. Uh, would you ever use it against individuals? And you're, you are an emphatic no. That's not the purpose of your organization. It's, it's not the purpose of our organization. But also, we're, just, we're not interested. We don't hack. We're a publisher. We encourage whistleblowers to come forward by campaigning for them, by co-founding the Courage uh, Foundation, which supports whistleblowers. Um, yeah, and showing that when people publish with us, they have a big impact. If you look at the DNC publications, there had been some other publications by uh, The Hill, which is not a bad publication for Washington, D.C., Gawker, and so on, documents from the DNC, PDFs, uh, but they had no impact. Uh, but when we published the DNC emails, there was enormous impact. The top five people the DNC had to resign, including the president, De- Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and that's because, uh, on A, we're really trusted by the public and by journalists, uh, and B, we have a philosophy of making our material available to the people equally so they can check uh, that what it is claimed to say, it really does say. They can find what's been buried by the press or missed by the press, either just uh, by accident or lack of resources or because of political bias. You know, um, it's interesting because I know that a lot of people say, well, Hannity, you changed your views on Julian Assange, and I'm just looking at this very objectively. These are the same people that, you know, they know I don't want Hillary Clinton to be the next president. That's a fair and true statement, and I would certainly understand people could jump into that conclusion. What they will negate to tell people is there's nobody the last number of years that has been more fiercely critical of Republicans and how weak and timid, and feckless, and spineless, and visionless they are, and how they allowed Obama's agenda to go through. They never challenged him. They never used their constitutional enumerated powers to stop him. And I've been far more critical of them. For me, it's not about politics. It's about the truth and what's right. And when Republicans are weak, I call them out, which I don't see the Democrats do. Let me ask you this. Well, there's good, there's good, 
Right. Good and bad people in both parties. Uh, I'm I sure agree you with that. agree with that. I agree. I think there are well-intentioned people, and I also think there are yeah. people, as you have learned, I mean, you know, one of the things that amazed me about the whole DNC hacking is here you had racism, anti-Semitism, misogyny, you know, gay slurs, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that is the narrative, the false narrative that I as a conservative fight back against that is used yeah. by the Democrats every election season. And by the way, it pisses me off. And talking about Hispanics as taco bowls. Right, right. And, and no one really paid attention to that. That, was, that took my breath away. And that got covered up. Let me ask you. Well, I, Go ahead. I found, I found the, most, uh, the most serious email in the DNC collection is actually, to my mind, not the most, you know, salacious. It is an instruction through the chain of command of the DNC to plant false stories about Bernie Sanders supporters uh, committing violence uh, with a number of outlets and to, quote, uh, not have their fingerprints on it, unquote. Mm-hmm. So, so they, if you so, look at the DNC charter, yeah. it says explicitly that they, in a presidential primary, they are meant to be strictly neutral and impartial. Yeah, I think that's extraordinarily well said. Let me ask you specifically about Hillary. When you were on TV with me the other night, mm. you I, I brought up a quote that you had given recently to the New York Times, and you accused the press in America of supporting Hillary Clinton. You said the American liberal press is falling all over themselves to defend Hillary Clinton. They're erecting a demon that is going to put nooses around everyone's necks as soon as she wins the election, which she is almost certainly going to do. What did you mean by that? What I meant is this kind of, uh, you know, the Democrats are always speaking about uh, how terrible McCarthyism was. Uh, and there were, and it was in many ways. Uh, but at least the USSR actually existed then, and there were actually Russian influence campaigns in the United States which were serious. What we're seeing now is Hillary Clinton and her campaign trying to whip up a neo-McCarthyist hysteria, uh, where she claims, or she claims that effectively Donald Trump is an agent of the Russians. Uh, that WikiLeaks is an agent of the Russians, and where her campaign uh, uh, has also implied that Jill Stein, the Greens leader, uh, is a Russian agent, and that uh, The Intercept, another U.S. publication, are effectively Russian agents. So what, what do we have here? We have, let's look at it objectively, we have the ruling party's preferred successor running around uh, calling the opposition leader, in fact, multiple opposition leaders, and the critical press, foreign agents. By the way, isn't, the, isn't that the that's very a terrible, prop- yeah. terrible climate to permit? Uh, and what kind of press climate is going to exist afterwards, especially if Hillary Clinton is elected? It will be perceived to be a validation of that hysteria, uh, and so the press afterwards will be cracked down upon, uh, and online publishers and people on social media, you know, it will lead to a very harsh climate where the First Amendment will be very significantly eroded.
You know, um, we're, we're talking with, we're discussing the issue of WikiLeaks. Its founder, its editor-in-chief, Julian Assange, is with us. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. A lot more to ask him, more specifically, about what he's discovered about your government, how we got started in all of this, uh, what specifically, to the extent that he'd be willing to share, what batches of information does he think he'll be releasing before the election? We'll get to that. Also, we'll get to your phone calls coming up and much more. 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free telephone number. As we continue, we continue our discussion here with the founder, the editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks, and that's Julian Assange is with us. Um, you told me that you have batches, what you called batches and batches of information that you're continuing to vet, specifically related to Hillary Clinton, that you have said numerous times you believe will have a profound or could have a profound impact on this election. What else can you tell us about that? I said significant. Profound is possible. It depends on how, you know, the stuff is taken up. But we saw a very good take-up last time with the DNC leak, so I'm hopeful. Uh, well, what we're, I can't scoop ourselves before we, um, before we publish, but we have uh, tens of thousands, uh, possibly as many as 100,000 uh, pages of documents of different types uh, related to the operations that Hillary Clinton is associated with. Uh, they're from um, several, I don't want to speak about sourcing, but uh, let me put it this way, that in response to DNC publications, um, a, a lot of people have been inspired by the, the impact, and so... Uh, step forward with additional material. So you are currently putting all of this together. Where in the process are you? Because I know that it's important to you to maintain your perfect track record in terms of not getting information wrong. In terms of a timeline, we do have an important election in just 61 days. Where are you in we're, terms of that process? We're quite confident now on the initial batches in terms of vetting them, that they are accurate, they are what they say they are, that our sources are not lying to us about what they say they are. Uh, but it's, it, it's a quite a uh, complex and <clears throat> business to, you know, to sort things, to index them, to make sure they're presentable, to try and see what the top initial angles are uh, that come out. And we're a small shop. We're working around the clock. We understand very much uh, the time pressures that people have and how significant it is to try and get that out. Uh, we worked like hell to get the DNC publication out before the DNC. Uh, we did get it out the day before the DNC. Uh, I am very confident we're going to get this material out long before the day before the election. Now, so as a result talking. of your, your interview with me on TV, the, yeah. the Clinton campaign sent out a message associating you with Roger Stone, who's not even involved in the Trump campaign. Does that have any impact whatsoever on your decision to make these batches available? And when you say batches, that's plural. How many batches would you say you have? It's a, a question about how the first batch is digested, but there's some natural batches, so we're talking at least three or four natural batches but as we see how the publications pro progress and what particular angles people uh, decide to run with you know what the public finds the most interesting 
then we might extend that or we might contract it. it a lot of this is resource-bound as well. Uh, we're you know, a small investigative publisher, so there's huge weight on us uh, yeah, to, to get it all done. It's hard work. How would you describe, tell me the adjectives if you feel that the batches are relevant in terms of what would interest the public and the electorate, what are the adjectives that you would use or you would want used after you release some of these batches to describe the information that you're going to pass forward? What would you want people to say? De- uh, devastating? <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to scoop myself on your show, Sean. Well, you, can, um, you absolutely can. I will give you, we're on 550 <laughs> radio stations right now all across the country. I have no idea if you even uh, know who I am. We're, but, we're, one, you know, we're a diligent, careful organization. Yeah. So, all right, let me... Uh, I don't want. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. I am confident it is significant. Uh, and this is what you said to the so PBS. There's, um, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different angles. Uh, you said what we great. what we have is a significant amount of information. The information itself is significant, and it pertains to Hillary Clinton's campaign. And we will be releasing it in several batches. And we will be finished as we are finished with our journal, journalistic work on each batch. Yes. It seems yes. like there's no end to this. Um, I, I, I think what me, the American. We've been doing this for 10 years. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. It does feel like this. Almost like job security. Did you get, would you answer this question? Did you get all 33,000 deleted emails that Hillary Clinton deleted? I'm not commenting on what we have other than to say we have significant material about the campaign. We will be releasing it as soon as we possibly can, as soon as the journalistic formatting presentation work is done. Uh, If people want to speed that up, we're tax deductible in the United States. That allow us to hire more presentation people and more researchers. But, yeah, otherwise I don't want to... um, scoop our publications before we are ready to present them to the public. Let me ask you about the personal impact in your life. Um, You'll never give your location. I won't waste any time asking you, but you are hidden away and you have been for a significant period of time. There was an attempted break-in at apparently what they describe as your embassy home. Um, Ecuador has questioned London's inadequate response. On top of that, it was revealed yesterday, Sweden's Court of Appeal is debating this week whether to grant you an open court hearing in your campaign to rescind an arrest warrant against you. Um, the appearance is related to sexual assault charges that you're facing in Sweden. Is Do you claim all of this is false, and is this as a result of the work that you're involved in, do you believe? Well, I, I'm not facing any sexual assault charges. I haven't been charged. Understood. That's a frequent frequent uh, misreportage. In fact, in that Swedish case, we have a lot of cases, but in, in the Swedish case, I haven't been charged. Well, the appearance ever. that you took back in I've, 2010 I've already, was I've related been, to that, yeah. I've already been cleared by the chief prosecutor of Stockholm. Uh, the thing was resurrected after the involvement of a politician, a guy by the name Klaus Borgström, back in 2010, in the middle of our, our kind of conflict with Hillary over the publication uh, of the cables. The United Nations, this year, after 18 months of litigation and review, uh, on February 5, made a formal finding that I am being illegally detained 
uh, and they should be immediately released and compensated. So that's the facts on there. What we're trying to do in Sweden is enforce um, that determination. Let me ask you this. Or get the Swedes to make it themselves. At the age of 16, this is fascinating to me, mm. you broke into the systems of NASA and the U.S. Pentagon. You were busted on 25 counts of hacking. You're 16 years old, which, you know, I guess the question I think my audience would most want to hear from you is this. In all of these years that you have read all of this relevant information mm. from the bowels of our government, what should the average citizen know that they don't know about America's government? And more particularly, I would argue, under this president, but any president that you want to share. That's a very interesting question. Uh, it is an interesting experience to be, to, to be a very young person trying to understand the world and educate yourself. Uh, and as an Australian, you know, Australia is a long way from anywhere else, but you can kind of get out with your mind, which is what I and some other Australian teenagers were doing, exploring the world, trying to understand it. And that, of course, includes the U.S. government. I would say that some things to understand, even the worst institution has good people in it. Uh, the people at the bottom are usually pretty good. Um, as you go up, people become more duplicitous. Uh, we can talk about some big structural things here. They're quite... Well, one, in other words, like over all these years, you've been accused of being a rapist, an enemy combatant, uh, a CIA covert operative, a Mossad agent for Israel. All of these the things. Torture. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, I got to be honest, I'm a big supporter of the military because I think the world is a very evil and dangerous place. I really do. I believe in covert operations, too. You know, but I, I know that you, you know, in 2010 in April with the release of Collateral Murderer... Yeah. You know, you showed an American helicopter in Iraq opening fire on unarmed civilians. Yeah, that, that's not what I want my military doing. Now, I don't want well, them it to might be have been one or two that were armed. Actually, we we yeah. say that in, explicitly in the video. But yes, the majority not armed, not engaged in combat, and two were Reuters journalists. Uh, at, later on in that video is is the serious incident, the real serious incident, where there's a Reuters journalist wounded crawling along the gutter. Good Samaritans turn up in a van with two kids on the way to school. Uh, they go to collect him off the street, and then the helicopter opens fire uh, on that van, which is just collecting the wounded. Uh, so then there's a then there's a cover up, uh, and in some ways the cover ups are more serious because they're they're it's a systematic corruption. You know, you can have one event or another event, but a way the system heals itself. Uh, is by, you know, um, being accountable for when things go wrong. That's how you... Do you agree with my worldview, though, that there is evil in this world? Do you agree with my worldview that, that, that unfortunately human beings haven't all fallen short of the glory of God, to quote a great book, that, you know, we are dealing with some evil people and they don't respect human life and human dignity and there have to be steps to protect innocent people? Uh, yes, I've dealt with and seen very bad people. I mean, friends of mine have been assassinated. I've had calls for my assassination. Uh, there are a lot of bad people in the world. There's a lot of good people as well. So go uh, back to my original question some, then. What would you tell the American... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was about to say, I think that, you know, you've got basically 
uh, 10% of people are really very fine. 2% of people are psychopathic liars uh, and actually enjoy causing suffering to others. That's true across nearly every society. It varies a little bit between societies. And then the people in the middle, they kind of go either way. They take their leads from yeah. you know, examples that they see. Well, so back to my original... Yeah, back to my original uh, question. Though. General deterrence. Well, let me, based on what you just said to me, let me ask the question this way: Based on your classification of people, with many being good, many being in the middle, and two percent being psychopathic, and based on all the information you've been able to read and and glean from from things that Americans don't have the opportunity to see, except that you're sharing it, how would you classify Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton? Obama's hard to understand. There's a clear transition in Obama as he gets into government and then starts to identify with the authority that he has uh, and, as far as we can see, starts to become um, more, more abusive in his exercise of authority because he identifies too much his own ego with what has happened in relation to various parts of the government. The president should be someone who forces accountability on the government rather than someone who uh, tries to hide when the government gets it wrong. And Hillary? Hillary, Hillary Clinton, I mean, I'm not that interested in the personal assessment. Uh, but you're able to, let, way, me, let me say this, you're able to glean things that others are not. Like, for example, in the DNC case, you were able to glean racism, sexism, yeah. homophobia, all things Democrats say they're the champions of women's rights. They're the champion. Like Hillary Clinton takes money from the Saudis. The Saudis practice Sharia, treat women. They kill gays and lesbians. And there's no religious freedom for Christians or Jews. I find that's that repressive. Right. And she takes their money. I find that the height of hypocrisy. So my question to you is, you know, does she fit into that 2%? She's a does-what-it-takes kind of person. The, the question is, how has she gotten where she is, where she is now? What is her... Well, who, are her, who are her kind of supporters, her cronies, uh, the people that she relies upon to propel her and her working methods? Listen, I know, uh, I know you've given us, been very generous with your time. Can I ask you a yeah. question? Would you be able to stay one more segment? Yeah, sure. You know, because I, I, I honestly, I, wanna, I don't want to interrupt your questions, but I have so many others, and uh, I don't want to interrupt your answers, so I have so many other questions because I really want you to speak freely, and, uh, and that's why I... I my list of questions is very long, and I've read a lot about you, and I'd like to share a lot of it with our audience. So if you can stay one more segment, Julian Assange is with us. He's agreed to stay, founder, editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks. We'll pick it up right where we left off here about his worldview, what he's been able to glean from the documents that he has seen and is now sharing with the world. As I said, I believe there are two major benefits for you, the American people, in all of this. Number one, that we have it's been revealed how unsecure our computer systems are, and there is no cybersecurity within government, none whatsoever. And number two, also a level of corruption that I think should shock the conscience of any law-abiding, constitutional-loving American and, frankly, citizens of the world. We'll continue more with Julian Assange. We'll also get your calls in, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We'll continue. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload here on the Sean Hannity Show. Uh, we continue with Julian Assange, the founder, the editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks. Um, I want to go back to 
again, you've been able to see things from within the deep bowels, not only of our government, but other governments as well, and information that you've gleaned that others have not had access to, although you put it together and you, you share it with the world. And I know you've come under great criticism. As a matter of fact, you know, did you say earlier in this interview, I'm just paying attention to you here, because I think you've had friends assassinated because of That's your right. work? Yes, in, in Kenya. Can you, t- can you expand on that? What happened? Well, we were involved in a process where the more than uh, 1,500 people, it's quite a complex domestic thing in Kenya, but they had been killed by the, some elements of the Kenyan police and the Kenyan Human Rights Commission was investigating this. The guys were being originally shot, then garroted to hide the, the, wounds, uh, the wounds and then chucked into rivers and buried in landfill, etc. And uh, the guys we were working with, two lawyers, uh, were going to the Kenyan Human Rights uh, Commission uh, to present uh, their results. And then uh, they're in their car in the afternoon, and the van pulled in front, van pulled in behind with AK-47s, uh, uh, and they shot through the windows um, and killed them. Sad, isn't it? It's really, it, there's so much evil in this world. It's so horrible sometimes. Let me ask... You, you, asked, you asked a question before, Sean, about... Uh, which I struggled to answer a bit about, you know, what is my worldview after being in the bowels of institutions for a long time. I guess it's as you get, as you see people near the top of the institution, what they say internally to each other, uh, it's, it's basically a contempt for democracy, a contempt for the public, uh, and the self-confidence uh, in that contempt. Can I, can I ask uh, you to expand I, on it in this way? Through yeah. the prism of the DNC and those emails, again, which showed racism, sexism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, you know, gay slurs, etc. You, you know, you talk about a contempt for we the people in the, in the case of the United States. That showed real contempt and real hypocrisy. And I, I want you to go into the broader question and uh, have free reign to go anywhere you want in mm-hmm. terms of what especially related to our election do you, would you think the american people have a right to know about hillary clinton based on what the the bowels of of documents that you have read that maybe we have not uh, i'm not going to scoop our upcoming publication sean uh, you got to give I me mean, credit for trying i mean you, I know, you don't expect me not to try jeez as far as the DNC leaks <laughs> yeah. are concerned, I mean, you know, everyone knows the big takeaway. Uh, the DNC acted against its own constitution to try and rig the primary process against Bernie Sanders and for Hillary Clinton. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, immediately afterwards, Hillary Clinton uh, said that Debbie Wasserman Schultz is, you know, her best pal, literally two hours afterwards her best pal and would become the honorary head of her campaign and be her surrogate, etc. Basically uh, saying, hey, don't worry, all my cronies, uh, as long as you do something corrupt for me, you'll be taken care of. And it's very interesting that she feels that she must make that statement because obviously politically it doesn't help her to make that statement with the American people. It obviously doesn't help her to make that statement with the Bernie Sanders guys and girls. 
Uh, so who is that statement for? It's for the, you know, her cronies and allies, which she wants to reassure. Um, don't worry, I'm going to look after you. If you if you help me in a corrupt manner, uh, you're going to be taken care of, and that's a very bad sign. So she's corrupt. She is a corrupt uh, behind the scenes when nobody's looking. She's a very different person than what she portrays publicly. Fair statement. Yes. Is she that's a, a fair statement? But and we, we so all I'd just we, like to yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Can I go into some of the FBI report, please, and our cables about? Uh, Hillary Clinton that we've published. Yes. Because I, I think this is something that really needs to be focused on because it's undeniable. So in the uh, FBI interview with Hillary Clinton, I have it here. Uh, I'll just quote from it. Um, uh, where are we? Uh, so this is about the C in brackets on a document. Now, everyone, everyone in, who has a security clearance or has been in the Senate uh, or is an investigative journalist, or, and frankly, a lot of people have been in the, most people have been in the military, know what a C in bracket means. Next to a par- paragraph, it means classified. An S in bracket, classified confidential. An S in bracket means classified secret. A U in brackets means unclassified. And TS in brackets means top secret. Uh, So in her interview, um, which is reported by the FBI, uh, when asked what the parenthetical C meant before a paragraph within the captioned email, Clinton stated that she did not know and could only speculate it was referencing paragraphs marked in alphabetical order. Yeah, there's no A and B. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's no A and B in the parenthesis system. And there's no D either. We have something much stronger than that, much much stronger than that, which we published her cables, uh, all of her 2009 cables and some of her 2010 cables. So uh, that's her first year as Secretary of State. And there are literally thousands of examples on her website where she has signed off the cable with her own name, Clinton, and the paragraphs above that have this C in brackets. She has been using that C in brackets thousands of times while she was Secretary of State. Now, if if Hillary Clinton turned around and said, oh, but, you know, I just uh, dictated that cable, someone else put these brackets in, which I don't believe uh, happened all the time. But anyway, she turns around and says that we also have thousands of cables that we have published that were sent to her that had this C in brackets. So the original, so, the original, I never sent or received classified information was always a lie. That was always a lie, but she is intimately familiar uh, with this C marking. That we have published proof of mm-hmm. her writing it, her it was, reading it. Let me add one other thing. Thousands of times. There's one email thread from June of 2011 that included Hillary telling a top aide, his name is Jake Sullivan to send mm. secure information through insecure means. And, and in response to her request for a set of since-redacted talking points, you know, he writes, well, they've had issues sending secure facts, and they're working on it. And she responded, well, if they can't turn it into non-paper, meaning email, with no identifying heading, 
and send yeah. non-secure. Now, why is that important in light of what happened last night? Because last well, night was the first time she mentioned there's no heading. You don't, you don't need a exactly. heading. And, and it shows there was a heading there. She was yeah. aware of headings. Of and course. she was aware of the importance of removing these headings. So there is a concerted effort to defy the law, defy security, do whatever she pretty much damn well pleases, and then she lies with abandon. Now, you were talking about three personality types in the last half hour. You said 2% are psychopathic. That kind of seems to me to fit into that category, and you didn't want to go there. I don't want to make a personality assessment. and In some ways, it doesn't matter. She does what she does, and that's... yeah. She does what she does, and she has the allies that she has, and that's going to define uh, her as a president, just like most political candidates. Uh, and that, to some degree, is unalterable. Well, then let me ask you well, about America's media, good, though. You, you put out all this... she's a good or bad person doesn't... It, uh, well, a good person... doesn't matter, you know? She's going to act like that. If you read The People of the Lie, though, I don't know if you've ever read uh, The Road Less Traveled or The People of the Lie. I mean, lying in and of itself is an act of evil. There's a certain dishonesty and when you do it with a calculated purpose to advance one's career i think it becomes even more pronounced um but the american she's a liar she 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 lied that's a concrete example of her her lying how many times do you think you caught her lying based on your analysis of what you found well i think there's dozens uh, of incidences so she she lies with regularity this particular one that i just gave yeah this is someone, something that everyone can see. You can go to wikileaks.org slash plus D, P-L-U-S-D, uh, and just put in Clinton uh, in the search term, select uh, the classification as confidential or confidential no foreign or secret, and you will see those cables. Let me ask so you this ev- question. Everyone can prove it. What do you, how do you assess America's media? Now, I started at the beginning of this interview, and I admitted I think I was wrong about you. And uh, I apologize, by the way. I didn't do it the last time, but I will now. Because I think you have done a great service for the country, and I really worried. And my rationale at the time, I actually stand by it, was I really thought you had compromised the security of Americans, and that's where my focus was. Uh, So I did have a rationale, but it turns out that I was wrong. Um, But in this instance, you know... How do you assess American media where you're doing all the work for them? And I know that even the New York Times criticized you, which kind of made me laugh so much. Bill Keller at the Times at the time, you know, attacking you personally and but then stealing every yeah, and then stealing everything that you put out. I mean, it was hilarious to me. But, you know, my question to you is, how do you assess the American media? You lay out all this information. They're not informing the American people to the extent they should, are they? There's some good journalists in the American media. There are. But if we're talking about institutions uh, in this election cycle, it, I mean, it's really embarrassing. Uh, I mean, some of that's coming out through DNC e- emails, but th- there's a full-blown, there's a rapid partisan, INA, sorry, there's uh, increasing bias in the media, much more than there was four years ago. I'm not sure why. I think it's probably because Hillary Clinton's network has grown so large and is intermingled with a lot of that media. You look at the Daily Beast, for example. Uh, its parent organization has Chelsea Clinton on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, those sorts of connections exist uh, in MSNBC, wow. uh, Washington Post, wow. 
Politico, wow, etc. Basically, they're all in bed with each other, aren't they? Well, a, they're in bed with each other, but you could be in bed with you could be you know have friends or allies yeah. or relatives, but you might have ethical principles. Well, I criticize Republicans, and I never get credit for it. I beat the crap out of them. Let me ask you this question based on your knowledge. Do you think mm. that Hillary's email server issue potentially led to the death of innocent people? Like, for example, like Benghazi or the Iranian scientist or any of those issues? Hillary Clinton's emails, a lot of people have had them. Uh, if you read carefully the FBI report, you see that all her emails from her private server, private server in her lounge room, there were three, uh, were sucked out to a cloud run by some contractor, she says. In a bathroom. Uh, illicitly. Yeah. They were also pushed into Gmail. They were put on a laptop, uh, which they posted to themselves, and then immediately lost the whole laptop, they say. I think it's an interesting question as to whether they lost the laptop with all the emails of the United States' top diplomat on it, uh, or whether this is a quite elaborate and, frankly, clever way uh, to make a laptop disappear when you're expecting a subpoena. Uh, I think we know. I think we. I think the people that use bleach bit. We know the answer. Fifteen. Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fifteen phones break it, busted up with a hammer. Fifteen phones. They destroyed at least five with a hammer. Uh, only two could be found. Uh, but she only used one device, Julian. She told us she only used one device. That was a lie. That was a lie. And and also she had an iPad, uh, and her emails were being received on that iPad. Mm-hmm. So there's emails that we have published <clears throat> where you see her sending emails from her iPad or her staff are talking about her receiving emails on her iPad. Uh, I'm a privacy believer. I I. You know, I just have this belief that we ought to be able to, you know, individuals ought to have a right to privacy. Governments are very different for me, except for covert operations, military secrets that I think every government does have a right to have in an evil world. Um, like I, for example, use an iPhone. It's supposed to be encrypted. How easy would it be for you to bust into anybody's iPhone? And I ask this on behalf of my audience that probably, like me, is concerned about their own privacy. Well, I'm, I'm not a computer hacker. I was one as a teenager. I became a security expert, uh, an analyst and publisher and so on afterwards and fighter for the freedom of the press and the First Amendment and so on. But, of course, we have to study all this in order to know how to protect our own organization. WikiLeaks is constantly attacked yeah. by state parties, by everybody, uh, ma- mafia and so on, everyone. We were banned by China as early as 2007. <laughs> so we've had this ongoing war. <laughs> Trying to protect ourselves for more than a decade. This is going to make a great movie one day. Is there anybody you want to play you in the movie? Well, no. No, okay, nobody. You want to do it yourself? No. I'd rather like there to not be such things. All right, just one more question, final question for Julian Assange, who is the founder, editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks. When we get back, also, your reaction to all of this, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, that and more coming up straight ahead. All right, we continue. Final question now for the founder, the editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. Yes or no? I really want an answer from your best analysis and your understanding. Do you believe Hillary's email caused the death of anybody? I don't know. As I was saying before, they circulated very widely on lost on laptops in the post, copied to remote servers, copied to Gmail, flowing over the Internet. So that's kind of great from a WikiLeaks perspective because it means such a, 
a wide number of of access points. Sources. Yeah, yeah. It's great from WikiLeaks' perspective, but we are we are talking about the emails of the top U.S. diplomat. My my philosophy about secrets, military secrets, and so on is: yes, I believe that there are genuine secrets for a period of time. For example, uh, our sources, we obviously keep them secret, otherwise they would be harmed. Uh, but it's the amount of time. I don't think there is any secret in government that must be kept secret forever, and that if there was such a secret, it would lead to unaccountability. What we're talking about with Hillary's emails is whether you know there was a, a military operation that was important, say, to save, save a hostage, for example, held by ISIS. Yep. And could that information come out near the time that that was happening? Or CIA officers um, knocks without official you know, um, diplomatic status if their identities came out and they were in a very difficult situation uh, in the Middle East. You know, I do, lead to harm? I do think there's, there's something here that we need to pay attention to, and I'll just leave this thought with you as you, uh, you, you go to your dinner, is that, you know, the skills that you and your team... And I know you consider yourself a journalist, have accumulated over these many years, you know, potentially could be used to hack into whatever electronic devices ISIS is using and save innocent lives. There is a potential for great good that that can be accomplished here. You know, maybe just informing the American people what a pathological liar Hillary Clinton is because you've seen it for yourself time and time again is a wake-up call, and at least people go in with the full knowledge of what they're doing when they vote on November the 8th. But I wish I had more time. I, I really thank you for your time, and I appreciate uh, you uh, taking the time to be with us and share this information. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. All right, be, be safe, by the way. I think a lot of people are out to get you. Yeah, they are. All right, 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. You know, it's pretty amazing. I find this guy fascinating. And I'm not sure I believe anything that anybody says about the guy. And I know they brought a lot of charges. I asked him about it. I don't know what to believe. I know this, that when you hit governments this hard as he has, and by the way, effectively, he's gotten people out of jail and, and has a lot of positive impact. I know that the media narrative, the media matters of the world, which are obsessed with me, and tape four hours a day because they hire losers in their underwear and all over the country to monitor every word that I say, and they go, oh, this is political. Well, I asked Julian last night, well, what if it was stuff on Trump? He said, well, the problem with Trump is he says everything he thinks. He's not a phony. So there's no, there's, there's no pretense with him. You know, but back to my original assessment, I remember when this first broke, the assessment was pretty clear that this probably was the worst damage to national security in the history of the country and would result in people's death. And based on that, I'm like, wow, he, this is espionage. This is, you know, a crime. So I did say that. I will say this. Now that WikiLeaks has a 10-year perfect record, and and again, I was a privacy person, I, I kind of, I don't want people ha being hacked the way they're being hacked every five minutes. It's not how I operate. But with that said, there is a great public service that has been performed here. Now, I want you to think about this. This never happens, and yet all of these foreign countries have the capability of Julian Assange as the founder and editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks, so they're getting all that information. The only difference is they're not telling us that they have it. So now we know we have a huge cybersecurity safety problem. Number two, you know, as corrupt as I've always known instinctively that government is, he has also done a great service exposing just how deeply fundamentally corrupt and dishonest your leaders are and your government is. I take, for example, the DNC email hack. So the same people that accuse conservatives every election season of being racist, they use racist language themselves. 
They do it. They're guilty of what they accuse conservatives of. They're anti-Semitic. They are misogynistic. They make gay and lesbian slurs and much more. What a public service to get to see the, the deep. Now, I know the media has ignored all of this because they are the willing accomplices of Hillary Clinton, just like they were Barack Obama. So I'm just I'm telling you right now, this is a good service. You remember Elise Jordan was married to this guy, Mike Hastings? It was Michael, right? I like her a lot. She is a, a lovely girl. She's best friends with Elise, who used to work for me. They're best BFFs. They go on vacation, send me pictures. I'm like, gee, I wish I had all the time Elise has. No, I'm just kidding. We're proud of her. She's doing great work, and she's got her own TV show she's put together. So many people have left this, left working for me and done great things, haven't they? And Linda's stuck with me. You know, <laughs> stuck like glue. Did you hear that song by Sugarland? Anyway, Hastings became a vocal critic of of the surveillance state during the investigation of reporters by the U.S. Department of, of Justice in 2013, referring to the restrictions on freedom of the press by the Obama administration as a war on journalism. His last story, Why Democrats Love to Spy on Americans, was published by BuzzFeed. Hastings died in that high-speed, really bizarre, questionable automobile chase in los angeles back in what 2013 i was elisa's husband remember calling her at the time and she just devastated and uh i spoke to her recently she's actually doing really well we're really proud of her she's engaged too she's you know she's she's doing she's in a good place so that's what i think i'd love to hear what you say uh vanessa's in new mexico vanessa you're on the sean hannity show hi hi thanks for taking my call i just wanted to say that when he talked about what the Democrats are really, really about, and it shows with what's being leaked, is that that's what stuck out to me, is that they portray themselves as the political party that really, really cares about people, and we've got your back, and, and the truth is just the opposite, and the truth is coming out because he and his organization have not only the skills but the courage to expose it. And like you've said, it, 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 to me it's exposing the fundamental... Uh, darkness and evil that is in the hearts and minds of our leaders, which drives them to do the things they're doing. And with uh, Hillary Clinton, the arrogance of that party to think that they can be exposed and still have the the um, the the likability of of people in America is just it, it's like her audacity to even run for president when she is responsible for the death of four Americans and then calling those families liars. It's it's even amazing to me, even though I have a realistic view of how you know it's the timing of having Julian on today. I think was you know perfect in light of this town hall last night. I just thought it was amazing. But thank you, Vanessa. I'm interested in what everybody has to say here. Janelle is in Georgia, Waycross, Georgia. How are you, Janelle? Glad you called listening to uh, News Talk WSB. Hey, Sean. It's good to be with you. I'm excited to get to talk to you. I, wa- I listen to you every day, watch you on Fox at night. Thank you. You're just a great patriot. Well, God bless you. I appreciate your kind words. There's a lot of people that hate me right now. It's nice to well, get a little bit of reassurance occasionally because I don't get much of it. a lot of support, I promise you. Thank you. Especially in Georgia. Thank you very much. But I wanted to say about uh, Julian Assange, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to 
to offer, what he has to put out there that he says he has on Hillary, because while his tactics may be a little bit questionable in how they go about gathering this material, she is a criminal, and she's not been held accountable for anything she's done in 30-plus years, Sean. I'm, I'm sick of it. I want her, I want something to stick. She needs to be held accountable for all that she's done. I agree. I think the fact that I honestly, though, believe that there's at least 40% of your fellow citizens that we could get her on video murdering somebody, shooting him in the head at point-blank range for no reason, handcuffed behind their back, and they still defend her. That's a problem we have. Half the country's nuts. It is. I don't understand it. It's crazy to me. And in Georgia, where I live, it's, it's, I can't believe... I don't know anybody that's voting for her, and I, I can't believe that, you know, that she's up in Georgia. That, to me, is embarrassing. I'm going, I don't know anybody that's voting for her, well, you know? But it's, it's let it's me tell strange. you, they're out there, and these people uh, write me regularly, so I know what that what they think and how they feel and everything else. Anyway, thank you, Janelle. All my best to my friends in Georgia. Joni is in California. Joni, hi, how are you? Glad you called. I'm fine, thank you. I've been uh, thinking about Assange as well, and I'm hoping that he can he can blow a bomb of an October surprise that can hopefully bring Hillary down because she's truly the head of the Clinton crime syndicate. And then I'm wondering, like you, as you just said, whether the mainstream media would even care because it's anyway this goes into the electoral you know everybody's going to think Han, the only reason hannity likes assange now is because he's going to make this document dump on hillary which by the way i'm not going to lie i mean i'm i sure absolutely but here's the what i here's what i've come to realize that's even bigger and more profound although this could have a profound effect and an altering effect on our election this time. But I think the fact that we we better pay attention to cybersecurity. I mean, the fact that he says it's easy to hack into the Pentagon, the fact that he did it at 16 years of age, it's mind-blowing. The second thing, the fact that our government is so corrupt and they've been exposed as such hypocrites. And the third thing that was kind of reassuring from the guy, I thought, was he's not after private citizens. He's after governments that are corrupt and exposing corruption. Well, that to me is fundamentally what journalism should be about. So I kind of like the gutsiness of it. I'm sure that if it was uh, if it was against George Bush, that Democrats would love the guy. And um, but it's not. It's against Hillary. And I think that they're scared to death. I am told within Democratic ranks they're they are literally in their pants over this whole Julian Assange issue. They're scared to death. Yeah, it's happening in their pants. They're blanking their pants pooping their pants. I'm saying it nicely. Why do you make, why do you push me? You push me because you want me to say it. You push me because you want me in trouble. I get in trouble. I get fired. You lose your job. That's really makes a lot of sense. So for your own self-preservation, miss, I use the drop an F-bomb every five seconds. Maybe you could be a little bit nicer to me to preserve and protect so I can put food in the mouth of that beautiful baby you have at your home who looks as Irish as the days long. Did you tell Lenny I said that? That kid has got, you know, reddish hair, He's got an Irish face and Irish skin. How did that happen? Did you tell him I said that? He's going to laugh. Justin, Portland, Oregon. What's up, Justin? How are you? Yeah, hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I think that Julian Assange has done a good public service. I think he's proved just how not transparent Hillary and the Democrats have been. Yeah. But I want to highlight one other thing that I haven't heard quite yet, uh, and that's the issue of her uh, avoiding responsibility of handling the confidential uh, information. She keeps saying, I didn't know, uh, I can't remember. Listen, if I go as a concealed carry uh, permit holder, if I yeah. go to another state, 
I need to know. Oh, you the better. Rules of that oh, you better remember. Oh, yeah. And you can't. Yeah. And you can't say, "Well, I had a concussion in 2012. I just forgot my gun was in my pocket." That's a good. No, it's not going to fly. Even just driving. If I drive in another state. No, oh yeah, you're I'm, done. Um, oh, you're no, you're done. Listen, get the file with the cake because you're going to need it. You'll be in jail, handcuffed, perp walked, and and fingerprinted, and and what do you call that? Mugshotted. Robin Ocala. Florida. Next, Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? Yeah, hi, Sean. I'm going to change the topic a little bit. Sure, what's up? Um, okay, my daughter was your server at the U.S. Open on Saturday. Wait a minute. Your daughter when was, I was your server. You mean when I was US eating Open. at the restaurant? Yes, yes, sir. Wait a minute. Is she a real Christian girl? Absolutely. We had, the, I was with some friends of mine from TV, my producer, mm -hmm. Porter, and others, and we had the biggest discussion with her and another guy mm -hmm. all about faith and religion. That's what we were talking about the whole dinner. That's what she shared with me. She said you made her day, you made her week. Yeah, I she was asking them to sit down and join us, but and then the owner of the restaurant <laughs> came out, and I said, can they join us? I actually asked him, and he said, I guess so. You know, he, he wants them to work. <laughs> But we, she, by the way, is a lovely, lovely girl. And the guy she works with, I loved him, too. Well, thank you so much. Well, she just, she shared that story with me. She was I telling us, we were sitting there talking about, you know, salvation and God mm -hmm. and having a long discussion because I was raised a Catholic and others were raised different mm -hmm. denominations. And your daughter weighed in. She was so smart and so, she was amazing. I loved her. I gave her a hug when I left, you know. Yeah, that's what she said. She, she said that, and she said, and if anyone ever um, doubts how generous Sean Hannity is, you can tell them he's more than generous. Oh, you mean I left her a big tip. Okay. Yes, yes sir. I always do that, by the way. It's not uncommon. But not, only, but not only that, she said that you were just, she said you saw her as a person. And she said when you're in her particular job, so many people look through them and over them and around yeah. them and don't see who they are as people. I've experienced that. You know what? I spent years washing dishes by uh -huh. hand. I didn't have a machine. I, I, I was a cook, busboy, uh -huh. waiter, bartender yep. for 10 years of my life. Believe me, I know everything that your daughter's doing. I did them all myself. Yeah, you know? and she's a single mom working hard. Really? Well, I should have given her a bigger tip then. Oh, no, you did fine. You did great. She was, she was ecstatic. She said you were... She said you were awesome. The people you were with were awesome. Yeah. She was, um, she was awesome. We had such a good time. I mean, I honestly, that discussion, I love talking about it. I could talk about that all day and night. She, mm -hmm. And she added so much to the discussion. I was very impressed with her, and we all walked away. We were all talking about how great she is, and one of her, I forget the waiter's name, too. He was a good mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, well thank you for sharing that. Please tell her oh, she's in my prayers. God bless her, and I, I really enjoyed I meeting her. She was well, a very special you. girl. You should be very proud as a mom. I, I she, am. She I'm, is I a really lovely am. girl. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.